It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And here's Breckman. He was hitless in game one and hit into two ground ball double plays. Yeah, he's got a chance to redeem himself. You talked about that inning of last game where the Astros could have broken it open. Correa at third. Beltran at second. Gurriel at first. Two-nothing Astros. First pitch to Breckman, and that's hit high in the air and deep to left field. It sends back Gardner looking up. See you later! A grand slam for Alex Breckman. His first home run of the year, and the Astros' third home run of the inning. And the Astros are now up six to nothing. Boy, no doubter for Alex Bregman. Now, another Astros podcast. Full power, second deck in left field. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros manager A.J. Hinch. Well, a long day in the Bronx yesterday, but come out with a a doubleheader split with the Yankees and uh, wind up taking three out of four in the series. And we're up in the game that you lost, but overall have to be pretty pleased with the way your team played. Oh, absolutely pleased. You know, going into Yankee Stadium, big series, two good teams. You know, we held our ground very well. We're in position to win all four games, ended up winning three. And probably the most impressive part of that series was after the tough loss in game one, where we really had the lead and got it ripped away from us in the late innings against our, our good bullpen. Uh, to be able to come back, put a six-run inning to start the, the second game of the doubleheader, stand our ground, and, and win you know, while in control of that entire game, it really impresses me about the, the, the makeup of this club. Yeah, you talk about that second game. Uh, not only you got off to a good start, but, I mean, there was the crowd was frenzied. It was a sellout crowd. Derek Jeter Knight got his number retired, and then you – guys just completely took the crowd out of it uh, from the first batter of the game. Yeah, you know, I, I said something to Springer after his for his second at bat and happened to be a home run, but I, I he'd hit the home run, Reddick had hit the home run, we'd put a six-run inning up there, um, and you looked up and the crowd was thinning out already. It, it was, yeah. you know, 20 minutes after after Derek Jeter had stolen the the night. It was his night. What a remarkable ceremony. And we really did come in and punch him in the mouth and, and took control the entire night. And, I mean, you, you look at that that first inning, and obviously Springer's and Reddick's home runs were big to start off the game. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, the on your radio, the Houston Astros later in the first. radio it network. Was. Coming after a hit-by-pitch that loaded the bases, and, and obviously Yuli gets pitched in a lot, and they weren't going to give him anything to hit. Bregman had not been swinging the bat particularly well as far as the power goes, and he stepped right up and got the first pitch and hits the ball out of the ballpark. And that... You know, whether it's a single or a double, any hit right there was going to change the scoreboard. But going from two to nothing to six to nothing uh, was just a blow in the other dugout that they couldn't overcome. Maybe the best stuff we've seen from Charlie Morton in game two. I mean, he was hitting 98 at times, judging from the stadium scoreboard. Looked like he wasn't lower than 95, 96 with the fastball. And with his movement, that just plays up even more. Yeah, it was the best pure stuff of, of the season for Charlie. And, and that's saying a lot because he's had really good stuff at times. But um, he felt really comfortable last night. He had all those strikeouts in a row, seven or eight strikeouts in a row, uh, where he was in dominant fashion after that six-run inning. You know, it's not always easy to pitch with that lead. They ended up getting a, a, a big inning against him, which shortened the, his outing. But uh, to be able to come in and be the aggressor, continue to put guys away after the big lead was impressive. And now coming to Miami, taking on the Marlins, your first interleague series in the National League Park with the no DH and pitchers hitting. How do you plan on handling 
Carlos Beltran, who's been your primary DH most of the year and also uh, dealing with the pitcher batting ninth. Yeah, I mean, obviously it makes us have one of the best pinch hitters we could possibly have on the bench, which is which is a strength. Um, he will play outfield uh, tomorrow. We have a night game tomorrow. We have a day game on Wednesday, so he'll be back on the bench. So I'll, I'll get one game out of him uh, from a starting standpoint. He'll probably hit in all three. And same goes with all of our guys. What's, what's good about National League-style baseball is – is you have to be ready. We're gonna, you know, we have a strong bench. We've say that in the American League, you go to the National League where you actually utilize them in game and not so much uh, game by game. It's uh, it's fun to have our guys in the lineup. One one. Ground ball, weakly hit. Giles leaps, fields it on the front slope of the mound, throws the first, and that is the ball game. Astros finally nail it down and earn a split of this doubleheader, defeating the Yankees by a final of 10 to 7 in game two. Sitting in the dugout before the three-game series with the Miami Marlins, and I'm with Brad Peacock, who's the long reliever for the Astros. And I've always said, Brad, that's got to be one of the toughest jobs on a team, being a long reliever. You pitched in yesterday's doubleheader against the Yankees. You hadn't pitched in 10 days before that. How do you keep the rust off? It's brutal, isn't it? That's tough, uh, but it's also a good thing. It means our starters are that's doing right. a great job going deep into games and you know, they have been doing a great job. You know, I just try to throw some bullpens, you know, every other day, maybe get off the mountain, maybe 10 pitches or so, not much, but just try to stay sharp. First chance for you to get to this ballpark here in Miami, and you only live an hour away. Uh, what's your first impressions? Oh, it's beautiful. I haven't uh, seen it in person. I've seen it on TV, and, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing. I'm excited to play this is Florida colors. You look here and you got a kind of a lime green as the theme everywhere you look around this ballpark. This is straight Florida, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely uh, South Florida right here. Uh, farther down the Keys, too. I mean, it's the same stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with your parents. So we got a chance to meet your dad about a month ago. He came on the radio with us, man. It seems just like a, a good down-to-earth Man, he had to be a great father. Oh, he was awesome. Uh, you know, my mom's a woman actually taught me how to play baseball. Yeah. So uh, my dad never played baseball. He's always supported me and you know, took me to the field every day and threw me batting practice, both of them, my mom and dad, taking me fishing. And, so your mom's got a pretty good arm. Does she throw like a girl or does she legitimately throw pretty well? Oh, she can definitely throw. Really? She can, she can throw. And she grew up playing softball or baseball? Yeah, softball. I haven't seen her throw in a while. But, <laughs> Back in the day, she could definitely let it eat a little bit. How much do you think it helps you guys? Obviously, now that you played the Marlins so much in spring training, just getting a feel for some of these guys on this team. Obviously, they've got some some, some real stars in the middle of the lineup. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, now we're going to go over to scouting report and see uh, how to pitch them and hopefully uh, make some pitches against them. That Yankee series, Brad, pretty exciting. You guys win three out of four. You had the rain out, so the doubleheader yesterday. One got away from you guys, but... All in all, a really good series against the Yankees. You guys just keep rolling. Yeah, it was definitely fun to watch uh, from the pitching and the hitting. You know, uh, the guys uh, did a great job, played hard. You know, we uh, ended up taking three out of four of them, which is you know, pretty hard to do against a team like team like that. You know? So it's pretty pretty cool. Think back two years ago with the vibe in the clubhouse. You guys probably overplayed the expectations. You guys got to the playoffs two years ago. The vibe in the clubhouse was really starting to form. Tell me the difference between this year and then, because you guys have high expectations again. To tell you the truth, uh, the playoff year, you know, I, they sent me home for right. surgery. But I was there for a month, and you know, everybody got along. And, you know, it was something special. But this year, it's, it's even more special. I mean, yeah, guys like McCann and Beltran in the clubhouse, you know, uh, making guys feel loose, you know, playing 
But uh, those guys just make you play, I don't know, relaxed, I guess. They, they just teach you their ways. And they also make you relax in the clubhouse, making you laugh and stuff. McCann's the funniest guy I've ever met. Uh, really? Yeah. He's pretty funny, so uh, it's been fun. Very good. That's Brad Peacock, uh, Astros reliever. Three-game series with the Marlins. Good luck, and uh, thanks for catching up. Yep, no problem. Thank you. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.